everybody. Welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don, as usual. Today, we have a very special guest. He's back again. It's Big Dave, and we're going to do a Q&A episode that's all centered around Dave giving advice to all the You Can't Winners who have sent in questions over the past week to our Curious Cat, and we've got a nice, fat stack of these questions. So let's see what Dave has to say. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how are you doing, Dave? Good. I'm glad to be talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah this is a nice way to spend Valentine's Day, right? Wonderful. Just another, <laughs> just another day in my household. It's haram. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> we had Jimmy John's for lunch. That was our Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right? sweet. We don't have that here, so one day I'll give it a try. Yeah, I wanted to support free markets and liberty, so I decided to get some of the <laughs> kicking chicken sandwiches. Nice. Uh, yeah, so let's let's do the first questions, huh? Um, I'm not sure if this one was related to Dave, but I thought it was kind of fun. So we'll start with this one. It says, now that the COVID, COVID vaccine has proven super effective, will you guys admit to being super retards? I, uh, I actually passed this one on to Mike and he sort of had a laugh about it. I forget exactly what he said. He, he always talks in like highfalutin science words and stuff when we get into these subjects. So I didn't really understand what he was saying, but I think he was amused at the question. You have to talk about cat, uh, cat boys or, you know, like fan cat boys <laughs> to get Mike to, to, to devolve to our language. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if you could like say that it's been proven effective or ineffective or anything yet. It's still pretty early. So. They killed Homer and Hank. What? Homer and Hank. Hank Aaron. Yeah. He, had he died from the yeah, vaccine. Yeah. He got the vaccine and killed them. What do you mean? It's super, super effective at killing our heroes. <laughs> Captain yeah, Tom man. Tom Moore in uh, England. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a, if it's going to be killing off those guys, then I don't know if I stand a chance. So, <laughs> what yeah, do so you we'll think, see. Donald? Are you going to get the vaccine? Yeah, I'll get it as soon as uh, you know. I'll do what I'm told, but I don't know. I, I said on Twitter the other day that like the only thing that is making me a bit worried is that uh, they're rolling out all the black celebrities to promote it, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like they're making them like say this is great I'm, I'm happy i got it and stuff because and it's like saying a lot of people being like we need to promote it in these communities and stuff and that's never a good sign because like you know it's like cia with crack or something like that kind of thing yeah like it's exactly the same thing <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm just tired of it. i couldn't even have the boys over for super bowl this year sure. you know like it, it was it was a sad outcome yeah I start to well, get nervous whenever there's any good news and I start to feel like, oh, are they going to start making me go outside again? I, <laughs> I get sweaty yeah. palms and stuff. In BC, did you get like any notice or anything telling you when you're going to get it or anything like that yet? Or they, they said that our age group should be getting it in April, but I don't know. We're so okay. far, far behind because all the companies sure. pulled the wool. Uh, pulled a fast one on, on our boy Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they withheld the vaccine, so uh, we yeah. got to see. Yeah, there's like a website on it, like in Ontario, I think, like in, like theoretically, but 
uh, they haven't like mailed us or anything or anything or told us what to do yet. So yeah. I'm just, you know, strapping in for the long haul. Big Dave, first and foremost, I would like to congratulate you for your Aryan roots, unlike Muslim Tom, who is a race trader. Thank you. Okay, that wasn't really a question, but... Uh, okay, yeah, so let's see. What's the next one? It says, what are some good long-term goals to shoot for? I don't know what to do for the last 50 years of my life and could use some pointers. Yeah, that's a tough 50 years. So let's say, is he saying he's 20? Or, oh no, he's probably 30, right? He, yeah, he, presumably. I mean, the goal is a very 80. optimistic. You could die early. You never know. Yeah. Could be the last three years of your life. See, the thing is, unless you, like, go based and, like, go to, like, Asia and slum it there, um, pretty much all you can do for the next few years is just try and save and put your head down and work and, you know, do something like that. My goals, like, I'm 43, and I've been lucky I got into the property game early, which is, you know, so key for people. Like, now it's, like, so messed up out here, but... My goals, um, I'm going to try and retire early and move to, like, Portugal or something. Recent oh, goals. nice. Yeah. Yeah, Portugal sounds nice. Yeah. It's cheap, and the weather is, like, perfect. Yeah, it's not, like, overly, like, it doesn't get too crazy hot, it doesn't get too cold, it's, you know, the food's good, you get fresh seafood and all that kind of stuff, and people seem okay like that portugal portuguese immigrants in like canada are pretty bad but actual portuguese people seem nice sure yeah and it's dar al islam so you can always wait for the caliphate to come back (laughs) (laughs) that'll be good Uh, where does what's that street in toronto that's a lot of the portuguese on it Um, I'm not sure the specific city. I, I lived near uh, in one area. It was like St. Clair okay. West kind of thing. Had like a lot of them. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, in the Corso Italia neighborhood, which is kind of funny. But yeah. I know Gerard, uh, the tri- tri- trio, um, Trilio, he's a Jap- yeah. Jap- oh, yeah, yeah. guy. And uh, he, he's a, an Italian, but he really hates the Portuguese in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, uh, are they like... Um kind of like an immigrant community that like doesn't learn the language and no, that no. kind of stuff they're just like really no. they're like more annoying italians i guess yeah. okay well a lot of like flags and uh honking on sports events nights yeah. and stuff like that kind of stuff so i see i think that's about it yeah but well i don't know what can you do like in this system like you're it's just basically designed to grind you down and like kill your will to live you know like having a family I, I love having a family it keeps me happy and you know kids and stuff but i know that's not for everybody and it's pretty hard to you know afford a family and give them a comfortable life but you know just find something that you can think of in about 10 years that you can do that's cheap and make it your goal sort of visualize it that's what powerful thing for me is like visualization and Funny things I love, like I love like fantasy sports and stuff. So that, you know, something for me to get into every day. It's you know, you gotta you gotta pick your battles. Yeah, mm-hmm. some kind of fun hobby that's just like fun. You yeah, know? It doesn't have to be anything else. It's not all about like 
productivity and exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 And I do think that that idea of, you know, if you don't know what you want to do in the sort of vague overall future, you can always sort of set yourself up for to be in a better position once you get there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can just, you know, you can just take on a job that maybe you don't love and, you know, all that kind of stuff and just work at it for a while work at whatever yeah. you're you know just and then get yourself in a better position and then a few years things might come together and you're like okay well you know now i'm ready and in a better position so mm-hmm. um you kind of have to have some faith that like things will get better at that point but like uh i mean it's the best you can do really that's the thing so yeah yeah 50 years is a long time so something's gonna you know you're not gonna be able to plan everything out right now and it's just gonna go smoothly according to your plan you know like things are gonna happen something's gonna change you know who knows you meet people like your job changes maybe you end up moving for unforeseen reasons who knows all kinds of stuff could happen so yeah i i wouldn't concern myself too much about it right like you don't need to necessarily Mm -hmm. have every single thing nailed down yeah plans are good but you got to be able to be flexible because you never know around the corner. Like, uh, you got to have a balance. Like some people are like 100% productivity, 100 or 100% like the other way, like just like, you know, forget about everything. But you, know, you got to live your life one day at a time, but at the same time have like a, a, a sort of an outlook of where you want to end up. When I was 30, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like just, you know, fresh like you know young kids and everything i didn't really have that much of an idea and it's tough like you just sort of a 30 you're barely grown up it feels like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that wasn't too long ago for you like 13 years ago years yeah Yeah. so yeah yeah. things can happen things can happen (laughs) never count yourself out (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's for sure Okay, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this one is it looks like it's about weightlifting. It says, I want to move from three times a week full body weightlifting program to something that has me in the gym more often, ideally four to five times a week, just because I have the time and I am in a good groove with it. At the same time, I really want to focus on building up my weakest muscles, triceps, delts, and pecs, the benching muscles. Whenever I look at split programs, I get really overwhelmed by all the options. I've been doing the same program on and off for about six years. You have any advice on how to choose a program? Any particular programs you care to recommend? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I do sort of believe that maybe. Does this guy sound like he's sort of above your level or something? Or yeah, I I go to the gym a bit, but the guy, no, I barely can work out my my pecs anymore because my shoulders so bad, but getting better now but i don't know just do lots of push-ups i guess all right <laughs> the big day program <laughs> what do, you, what do, do you, lots of push-ups i guess <laughs> what do you do tom what would you say you're you used to be into lifting right i used to like a while ago and i've been really on and off like 90 percent off so i have no real advice i i do some uh body weight stuff now and then and it's mainly just like squats uh, push-ups. Um, I, I don't know what the names for some of these things are, but like uh, some kind of lunge kind of thing. And I've been doing like these stretches for my posture um, to kind of like fix my the way my hips sit because they're kind of like 
rotated Mm -hmm. or like tilted poorly so i do this thing where i like sit with the with my like feet up on the wall like making a 90 degree angle with my my knees are at a 90 degree and then i like lift one foot in the opposite arm and then do the uh, the other one and stuff like that find somebody to grapple with like this guy uh you know get some start throwing some bros around that's not a bad idea yeah Yeah, we'll work out lots of different muscles than just lifting you need to use them or get a job landscaping on the weekends yeah Yeah, I was getting into a decent groove with this stuff before the quarantine, and once that happened, I just was like, I tried to keep up with it, and I just lost the motivation. I don't know, just not having to, like, go outside much, it kind of just killed my motivation somehow. I don't know. I've been trying to get back into it recently, but so far, it's still kind of like touch and go. You just gotta do, you just gotta try and keep it up, keep up with it. Yeah, push through the initial like inertia of it and make it a routine. And then once it's a routine, it doesn't feel like yeah. it's not so hard to keep up with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've had a lot of false starts during quarantine because I was like, oh, this is like an ideal time for me to actually get into shape or whatever. And then, uh, I don't know, I've been using like a little weight thing that I have that, you know, and stuff like that and doing the body weight kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I'll do it like maybe once a week or something and then the rest of the time I just feel too like tired and stuff and I know that like rationally it's because I'm not doing it kind of thing like so it's not like yeah. you know well, if I if I was exercising more I would be feel more high energy kind of thing but yeah so working out at home is kind of annoying too I, I, I go I get I get to the gym and it's just like nice because you you're there and you have to work out so at home you yeah can mess around and stuff like that and especially now with COVID they like give you a set time for your your workout yeah. so you have to like do all the stuff you want in a certain amount of time. So that's worked good for me, but yeah, it's uh, annoying to do stuff at home. I've yeah. always preferred doing that stuff at home. Actually. Yeah. I, I don't really like going to the gym. Hmm. And I just don't yeah. like that. It's like an additional part of this chore to like go mm-hmm. to a specific place to do it. I don't know. Just rather just like do it at home. And then as soon as I'm done, I can, I'm home, you know, and right. it's done. Yeah, I get that, but I, I, I've always liked it for some reason. I, I can understand it. You know, it's different for different people, you know. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I always okay. join the gym ever so often, like once a year or something like that, and then I quit because uh, I always feel like I'm too out of shape to actually do much at the gym, you know, at the, the start. So it's kind of like, I don't know, and it's a, it's usually a big hassle for me to get there and everything. So I just... Uh, um, you know, it just, uh, I end up feeling like it, it's so expensive sometimes out here. Like the, the YMCA here, their membership is something like 75 a month or something. So oh, yeah, it's like, crazy. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, there's like a good life and stuff, but I feel like, uh, you know, morally opposed to good life or something. I don't know. Cause they, <laughs> they're so aggressive and, yeah, and, they're, and rude. They're and annoyed. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Anytime you go in there, they'll like phone you forever afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, if you're you said something about you you feel like too out of shape to go to the gym or something. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling like not confident or you're feeling like you know kind of embarrassed or something, you just it's like prison. You got to go in there first day, make someone else your bitch, take their lunch, you know, take their protein <laughs> shake. Just 
<laughs> no, no, no. Established yeah. dominance. I just mean that like I'm not physically it, it, like I go in there and I'm like on the treadmill for like a few minutes or something and then I feel tired already. Right. It's like uh, it seems like a waste of money to just do that when I could just do. You more can just jog to the gym and, and then go home. <laughs> 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 you don't have to go in it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's move on to the next one here. Um, after current things like COVID, Brexit, etc., sort of die down, what do you see being the next life-changing cataclysmic event being? Like another banking collapse, war, or something? This is from uh, my buddy Connor. With, and he wants to point out that he's with Connor with one N. So he's not uh, associated with the awful Connors that we've come to see on on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> from, okay. from Scotland. Uh, you know what? That's a, that's a tough one. I think... I think, what do you think, uh, like the Balkan balkanization of America, maybe? Really? I don't, I don't know that that's ever going to happen. It just feels like, it just feels like, it's just like, that's such a irreparable country, uh, country, like, people will be like, okay, let's just break off and do our own thing because nothing happens, you know, in the White House. But I guess, like, when you see, like, others, I don't know, the whole country seems so broken that. It's pretty wild to me, anyways. Probably, other than that, maybe like a a mass like um, pestilence of like, or like a not a pestilence, but like you know like everything dying out, uh, like a, a crop, or like a massive crop failure or something like that. I could see that happening soon, but yeah, one of those things. Yeah, something environmental seems like the safest bet. Like if you were going to place a bet on something like this, I would go with something climate change related, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a war, but it'll be in some place that no one knows about yet, really. Not not, not that no one knows about, but like, you know, they're not like experts on it yet. It'll be like in Costa Rica or something. And then people will be like, uh, you know, just some, some place that is not really a flashpoint right now for Americans. And then, uh, of course, everyone will become an expert on it within, like, minutes kind of thing. They'll be like, yeah. oh, yes, uh, well, you know, the history of Costa Rica tells us that we, <laughs> you know, yeah. America might try to steal our water, though. Like, oh, yeah. Like, that, that would be crazy. Don't you think? Like, yeah, North, or, the North Pole or something like that. I could see that happening. Annex Alberta or something. Yeah, they can have Alberta. Steal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your boy your buddy Jason thing they can they can, they can keep up <laughs> I'll hold you to it I'll hold you to that we'll take Alberta we'll make yeah. the desert bloom up there <laughs> uh, alright next question says what should I do about being a fail son approaching 30 with no career and no girlfriend kind of yeah. similar to that other question I don't know. What do you, see? I got married young, and so that's a, a tough one for me. What 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 are your guys' thoughts like? Once you get to a certain age, I think you have to just sort of relax, maybe get offline and try. Like it's tough now with COVID, but just say after COVID, just take a shitty job and you know get out there. I think you'll find like girls like even if you got a job at Walmart or something like you you beat more girls and stuff than. Like being yeah. online and talking to people on Twitter. 
I, I definitely yeah. think that is a good first step, like kind of reducing your just the, the time that you spend doing absolutely pointless activities like that. Exactly, right? You, you got to get off Twitter. Or just, there's, there's so much like, like shitty work out there. Like, I know it sucks, but like, like I can't believe it. People that, like uh, my friend was saying in Philadelphia, like, like food processing plants and stuff like that, they'll be paying you $9 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so crazy, but, you know, like, you got to do something, but, like, someplace, like, like a Walmart or, or a restaurant where you can meet people, you can talk to people, and just get out of that cycle of being home and online all the time. You just got to get, yeah. you got to break that cycle. Yeah. Whenever I've had jobs like that, it it's not fun, but there's something weirdly enjoyable about the fact that everyone else is sort of miserable too. Exactly, you know, like yeah. you're working with a bunch of people in the same situation. And even if you're just making like a crummy $9 an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it's better than, than nothing. You like just having the camaraderie of a bunch of other people to commiserate with is sort of, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it You'll, be surprised how much that can like be meaningful in some way you know and eventually you you move on to something else you know right because it it does break that cycle of like just nothing and you're like sort of applying and like not getting what you wanted and and stuff so it just it breaks you out of like it makes you feel like you can do more i think that's what i think anyways like i know it's like a a cheesy thing or or, uh, idea or whatever but like by the time you're thirty, you gotta get out of the house because like it just it just weighs on you and it makes you like sort of even more kind of like it compounds because you're like oh I'm not doing anything but I'm at home and then you get online and people are doing stuff and you go oh, I wish I could do that and then oh I should be doing this and then you know it's just it's just a cycle that just like, that it just keeps weighing you down weighing you down and that freezes you like I understand that feeling that where you're almost like feel like you're frozen that you shouldn't be able to do anything but. You just got to do one thing and sort of, you know, start turning things around. I think you just got to find that right gig or, or whatever it is. And it, it'll make all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was in that exact situation, I guess, and I still am to some extent, but uh, like the difference is that uh, maybe five or six years ago, I started to go back to school a bit and, uh, yeah, that's a good got thing the, you know, and, and did like uh you know, it started taking jobs at school and stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, like basically, uh, for un- like from 2018 or so, whatever, I was just, uh, out of the house every day going to school and I was just out, you know, for 12 hours or whatever doing or more like just doing stuff. And, uh, that helped a lot in terms of, uh, I mean, it was, it was like difficult health wise and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was, a very good thing to do in terms of showing myself that I could do certain things that I put my mind to and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, just, uh, it, it, you know, it helped set me up where now I feel like, uh, I'm kind of in that, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm very optimistic about the next five years, I guess I would say about that kind of stuff. Like it really helps me, like all the stuff that I've been working on and stuff makes me feel like, okay, I'm just going to keep building on a success and then maybe I'll have some setbacks, but I'll kind of get, ahead eventually kind of thing and i think that 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 even that like a little bit of sense of maybe things will get better over time is very helpful because otherwise you just feel like you're i mean it's very easy right now to feel like all days are the same kind of thing (laughs) especially if you're at home exactly like uh 
But uh, especially, I, I mean, if the thousand year quarantine ends relatively soon, then like, yeah, once as long as you got like a little bit of hope and like an activity and stuff, I think that's helpful. So, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Like that, that little bit just gets you like so much, like feeling so much yeah. better. I know like just we talk almost every day, right? Like you, like the difference between like before you went back to school to now, it's like so much different. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's good. I don't know, and uh, um, I mean, I'm not doing much right now, but like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's a lot different. Where I yeah, feel like COVID. better positioned and stuff. Yeah, fucking COVID. You know, even just like stuff, people, you know, and people respond to that. I think too, and people that you didn't expect to like will reach out to you and be like, you know, do this or do that, yeah. or different ideas and stuff. So if you. Uh, if you seem like you're on an upward path at some extent. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. All right. We'll do the next question now. Um, I can never wake up in the morning when my alarm clock goes off. What it do? Put it across across the room. What it do? Yeah. That's the old trick, right? Put it on the other side of the room. So you have to get out of bed or get like these Alexa ones. Like we, we have the, the Google mini thing. And you can just crank it, and they and uh, you can set the setting for to not turn off after a certain time because my one daughter she has real problems with that, so <laughs> she, yeah. she she has so much trouble getting up. So like she set it up so that like um, it'll keep going. Like she has to say it like four or five times before the alarm will turn off, and it's super loud. Like it wakes us up too, so it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good i saw some apps that are like you have to do like a math problem to turn off the alarm oh okay like not a, you know not something crazy but just enough that like it's hard to do when you're <laughs> yeah. like half asleep so it like wakes you up enough just having to that would kick ass. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah um i think some people also are better with like uh it vibrates like under your mattress or something. I've seen alarm clocks like that. Like you put it under your mattress and it like buzzes and then that kind of makes, I don't, I don't know exactly how well those work. I've just seen those before. <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah. Well, as yeah. soon as I started to describe them, like that sounds really bad and like, it doesn't work. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, they do have the gradual ones too, that take like a long time to, you can oh, kind of yeah, set it yeah. 15 minutes ahead of time or something. It just slowly gets you up or whatever. Right. That might help if it, I feel like maybe if it's like, if it's the suddenness that bothers you or something, maybe then. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up to, uh, the trash trucks, like going through the alley, and they <laughs> just like make a loud beeping. So that's my <laughs> alarm clock. I actually don't set one. Uh, all right. So next one is: Can Big Dave show his dick? No, uh, my wife hasn't even seen that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read this as it's a. It says, "Can you do it?" So like, can you physically do it? Not, would you like to do it, or would you? You know. I could, but I won't. Got it. Okay. Just looking for some clarity on that. Uh, all right, next one. Big Dave, do you think Ole or Ole has proved himself enough this season to be trusted long term, or will an injury to Fernandez send his house of cards tumbling? 
this is a soccer-related question, and uh, Ole or Oli um, was an ex-striker for Man United, a uh, Norwegian guy, uh, really good. They call him the baby face assassin, and uh, he's come back <laughs> and he's done sort of well. But you know, like with anything in life, management and sports has become very disposable. I think the best thing you can do is just wait it out, see if you can build a build a franchise with with a guy. Because getting rid of a manager every time there's a dip in form is bad bad news. Um, I know, like baseball, seems to be more the, one of the only t- sports left where the manager gets a long time to to get things right. Because I guess because teams are always tanking, <laughs> but <laughs> but, but uh, like soccer and uh, football, uh, football's still okay. But hockey and like as soon as like there's a dip in form, like they just want to get the manager out right away. Mm-hmm. I like that a Norwegian guy has a Mexican type of nickname. Babyface Assassin is you, you think that's like a Mexican name, and he's doing this <laughs> Latino yeah. sport basically. That's a, yeah. It's because yeah. he always looked really young when he was playing, but uh, yeah, he, he was a good player back in the day. He scored a big goal, like we beat uh, Bayern Munich in the Champions League in '99. Still got uh, rug burns on my knees from celebrating that at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I, I just to clarify, it wasn't uh, on my knees for any re- other reason, but I was doing like a sure. a knee slide to yeah. celebrate. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um. Yeah, I guess we're like two weeks to spring training or something for baseball. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Although I enjoy watching the Raptors more than baseball now, I think. But like, uh, maybe this year will be different. I don't know because uh, they got a good team this year. It looks like they picked up a lot of people. So yeah, um, we'll see. They, it's exciting. Uh, I love what's his name, um, uh, George Springer. Is it George? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Springer. Oh, he's one of yeah. my favorite players. He's awesome. The only thing is, we have like bad pitching, like Robbie Gray and Taiwan Walker, I think. And but yeah. Ryu is cool, but the rest of the pitching is so bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll just uh, produce enough runs that it won't matter. We'll see. Yeah. Was Springer on the Astros when they were cheating, or did he leave before that? No, he was on the Astros when they were cheating. But he's like yeah. a. He's not like that type of guy that really needed it. He's a. You know, all to right, yeah, sure, type of player. Sure. Like he wasn't like Altuve. It's like a midget, or you know, Bregman's like just a dinger <laughs> hitter. Like Springer is like a really good, good player. I like Altuve. He's fun. Yeah. Manlet in Taiwan. I don't know. He. I. I. I have a soft spot for Taiwan too because he came up through the Mariners. And That's right. Yeah. He, he can turn it around. I don't know. Mariners have some fun young guys, but it's just it's, it's annoying that like the owner doesn't really want to spend to to win. No, they they seem to like to just like build guys up and then sell them off. And exactly. Just, it, it's really I, I don't know. It's a really stupid strategy, yeah. and they just keep doing it over and over again. Well, you know, um, uh, they. Uh, there's a few teams they were saying that have a payroll less than what Trevor Bauer is making. I think there's like three or four teams that their whole entire payroll is less than what Trevor Bauer is making this year for the Dodgers, which is crazy. Like they wow. just they're just asking for the the 
the sport to die right now. The owners, they're sort of, I don't know, <laughs> they're hastening yeah. it to its demise. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's still being fun to watch the Raptors, even though they're sort of having a rough year comparatively. But like, uh, I don't know, I still I still enjoy watching most of the games. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. All right, next question: um, Is it okay to be racist against Chinese people? They are a culturally and genetically superior race, after all, so it seems natural to resent them for it. <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, I I don't think so. I think you can be sort of annoyed at them culturally. Like I don't think it. Like racism. It's a funny thing. We, we we enjoy it as a joke. It's funny and stuff, but I don't know. Like, are they really that superior culturally to us? Yeah, I kind of am questioning the premises of this question here. And genetically superior? I mean, I don't know. Not genetically. Gave, you know, like, obviously. They gave us COVID. Would you say like maybe Mongolians are more genetically superior than the Han Chinese? Clearly, clearly, obviously. <laughs> yeah, us Scythian Aryans are genetically superior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. T- to me, like it, racism means you are on some kind of really dumb, like yeah, you're just like completely irrational. Like it, it just like eats you up every day. This kind of like stupid petty hatred, exactly, right? kind of like anti-black sort of stuff that people have in the in the West, I guess, or the United States in particular. Yeah. Okay. When you talk about something like the Chinese or whatever, like that 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 enters like a different thing where. It's not exactly racism in the same way. It's more like you are. Uh, it's you can like dislike them, but it, it, do people get that crazy about like Chinese people? I, I don't know to the extent that they're like lynching them in the streets and stuff. I guess I don't know. We went back to like early, they used to early centuries. That's true. San Francisco, like that, it was pretty bad back then, right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. but I I just think like I don't know. What's the point of getting so riled up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched uh, Deadwood last year. I like watched the, through the whole thing, and there's a lot of anti-Chinese racism in that, but it's always like so over the top that it's like funny. I don't know, you know, and uh, I don't know. Like they, this one guy in it, he like yells at a Chinese guy for speaking Chinese, and he calls it monkey talk, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic, bro. One of the great. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 well, I always like to joke, like, I always say, like, I hate Albanians or something like that. But, like, yeah. Have you ever felt like, like, I rarely, I, I find, like, even hard to hate singular people in, in any fashion. But, yeah. like, could you yeah. bring yourself to, like, hate somebody that much if you think they're worse, like, they're, like, like lower than you in any way? Like, I, I just. I don't have that like sort of built into me. Like I, I really like I, I joke about white people all the time and stuff like that. But I don't really look at Don and think like, oh man, he's subhuman scum that he should be like, <laughs> worshiping me because I like pop person of color excellence or something. You know, like that. <laughs> you know, like I just I think that's a lot of 
silly stuff online, but like the average person really, I don't think, hates that like in their heart of anything. Yeah. yeah, and then there's there's like like I was saying, there's kind of a difference between that and just being like maybe not liking some sort of culture or whatever, like just yeah. or whatever your your particular experiences with them have been negative, so you just have negative feelings about them exactly that's that's not great you know but that's gonna happen there's not much you can do about that that's just like you know you that that happens with all kinds of different things in life and it would be kind of weird to like set aside this category of like no you're not allowed to have negative feelings about things when you have negative experiences you know what i mean like say the first time you had oysters and they were like bad and they were disgusting and you're like for the rest of your life you're like oh i hate oysters but then the, the somebody finally convinced you and said, "Hey, let's try like these fresh ones. Like we're at the ocean today. Let just give it a try. Just do one, and then all of a sudden you had a, a fresh one, and it was like so great. And finally, you're like, oh, I totally changed my mind. I don't hate oysters. I guess and right. it, that's a bad analogy, but uh, you know what I mean. Well, if if people had been like ostracizing you and like you know shaming you for not liking oysters all these years yeah and like making it like you're a bad person for not liking oysters you probably would never get to a place where you're like okay i'll try these ones because you have <laughs> that would develop the resentment you know you get a big chip on your shoulder that's so true so yeah so i, I guess the answer is yes you can be racist against chinese people in fact you should be uh-oh <laughs> You're right. Know. Maybe I'm going to get taken. Yeah. We're going to get taken down from our hosting, but we'll see. Maybe yeah, it'll be worth it to get the truth out. Though. Yeah. The consensus on that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. The next one is a poem someone has written for us. It says, Don looks like a potato. Tom looks like a bean. Together, Tom and Don have the worst podcast the world has ever seen. Oh, no. That's, that's yeah. false. Because I've listened to some really bad sports podcasts, and they're really bad. <laughs> Um, also, like, there's, like, uh, what did I listen to? Oh, like, I know, uh, like, it's cliche to say this, but have you listened to, like, that Red Scare one? Like, I, like, I, I listened to a little... I've listened to some of it, yeah. I listened to a little clip on, on, on Twitter the other day, and it's just like, oh my god, like, this is like, listening to, like, the fingernails ready to go on the chalkboard kind of thing, like, just the voices and the inflection, it's just, it's just so not for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can understand that i listened to um like anna went on tim dylan's yeah. podcast the other day i listened to that yesterday mm-hmm. and it was okay i it's it's weird like they um the whole red scare thing they are not the type of people that i would like socialize with like I, but the stuff that they kind of say like their perspective is sometimes kind of funny or interesting yeah. on some level like i don't know it, it wasn't that bad i i don't have any uh yeah, yeah, it's just it's about that. Or anything. It's not the so much the content. I don't really haven't really listened to it, but just the presentation and everything. It's just so bad. Like I just really did not like it. Yeah, yeah. The whole they they seem like they're both, just, like sleeping pills are just kicking in, and it's like <laughs> one hour until they're 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 you know but just completely yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I've not listened to any of it. I don't know. It's just not for me. So. Uh, it's not aimed at me, I don't think so, <laughs> either. So There's plenty of podcasts out sure. there that are, yeah. are really bad, and I think that person should retract his poem and do some thought and uh, some soul-searching and, uh, you know, grow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, have you guys heard this podcast called Come Town? Oh my God, they say so much racist, terrible things on that podcast. I could not believe it. Just awful. Yeah, too many swears. Yeah. Um. Okay. Any of you guys into the music of Lawrence? Uh, and then in parentheses, Felt, Demon, Go Kart, Mozart. No. That no sounds. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like Red Scare music. <laughs> I, I, I feel that, like Felt sounds familiar. That like, guy, is that those, EDM? Those guys that got canceled a few weeks ago for being at the protest, John Mouse and Ariel Pink. Like apparently, oh, okay. apparently they're really big, but I have never heard of them. I listen to like the worst like pop, like the the worst like recent soundcloud rap or whatever like like, I, like i'm listening to polo g the baby and all that kind of crap you know, <laughs> you know all that stuff I, yeah. I i have no idea like what guitar based music sounds like right now because the only guitar based music i listen to is like with 90s or 80s stuff yeah i i don't listen to anything really whenever i feel like listening to music it's everything that everything i like that i like is like from 2014 or stuff that I liked in high school. Like the, those were the two phases where I actually paid attention to music, and that's just what like music should sound like to me, I guess. But Ariel Pink, I think I I, I never listened to John Mouse, uh, but Ariel Pink sounds familiar. I think I listened to him a little bit back in the day. He does that like lo-fi, weirdo art pop stuff. I don't know. Yeah, not my, no, not really my thing. Mm-hmm. I like the trolling thing, you know. I gotta support that though. If he's doing some kind of protest, Trump trolling stuff, that's fun. Yeah. Um, next question here says: four-way cage match between Zizek, Noam Chomsky, Michael Parenti, and Christopher Hitchens. Who comes out on top? So um, I think Zizek, Parenti. Yeah, Zizek, Parenti, Chomsky, and Hitchens. So it has to be sort of like at some point in their life, I guess, because Hitchens has passed away. So uh, um, I would still say Parenti because uh, he's got that like uh, New York accent kind of thing where he he sounds like he could be like a scrapper kind of thing. Yeah, you know. So he would he would be pretty tough to fight. Um, Hitchens might have like drunk strength though he might just yeah. be completely blacked out and just waving a bottle around sure yeah chomsky is just getting crushed yeah. at whatever age even take him at his yeah. like physical peak i think he's getting ripped limb from limb i don't know maybe he would like pull out a pen and stab him in the neck or something so. <laughs> you Yeah, he he might mm-hmm. have something up his sleeve. I I feel like he would not do well, but maybe I'm underestimating the tenacious nature of the Eastern Europeans. I'm gonna go with Parenti on this one. Yeah. Okay, I'm sticking with Parenti. So. All right. Next one says, I've recently been steadily employed, so I moved out of my parents' house, and now I'm renting an apartment with my good friend. What's some good advice you could give me about how to maximize this time? Should I pursue home ownership? 
What are some good boundary rules for living with a roommate who isn't your parents? All right. So these are three kind of separate questions here. So maximize time when you're living with a roommate. I'm not sure what the what that means to maximize your time. Is that to get the most out of it, or I guess just like savings or something, yeah, yeah. getting ready for yeah. That yeah, sounds and good. Uh, keep the place as clean as you can, because uh, uh, there's a huge temptation there to just you know let it slide, and uh, and then also don't try to get into fights with your roommate, like just just let them do whatever they feel like most of the time don't get in their way uh having like people people in their 20s a lot of the time they want to like lean into roommate fights and stuff i don't know just don't 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 bother them (laughs) i would say i don't know i don't know you see a lot of that people just like yeah just on the like saving sort of tip i i mentioned this a lot but my recommendations are as always to the like budget like to get serious about budgeting i find for myself that really helped out a lot and uh, and to have like a, a sense of what your goals are so that you are focused with your savings and your money and what, what are you doing. Um, I think that really helps out with money, but also with time. You know, like if you have a sense of like, where am I trying to get to, then you're not going to just be like, you know, just spending weeks without really putting in any effort towards that. Yeah, and reach out to somebody that's good at it because I'm awful at it. My wife is like totally like changed my life like, she is so helpful like with the budget i know what i have to spend every week and if we want to do this and that i'm totally useless with that kind of stuff i I would be in financial ruins without uh, mrs dave yeah Mm -hmm. having a budget is like if you're playing like a game you know like a, a first person shooter you know how much health you have you know how much ammo you have all that kind of stuff imagine if you didn't have that that makes it much more difficult having a budget is like telling you that information yeah and the whole home mm-hmm. ownership thing—it just depends on where you are. Like right now, money is basically free, but is it going to last that way? Uh, are you in a place where like everything's at the peak? Like the worth home ownership? Can you go someplace where things are a little bit cheaper and your dollar goes a bit further? Like it's insane. Like Canada, yeah. everywhere is juiced to the max. Maybe like mm-hmm. Alberta is falling a little bit, but I doubt that. But like. We're in like this insane real estate bubble right now, so like I would not recommend getting into the market right now. Just buy stocks or something and put it in a tax-free account or whatever. But you know, there's places like you know our buddy Ron Buzzfeed. Um, he bought a beautiful house in like Peoria, Illinois, which is just south of you guys, Tom. Like mm-hmm. an amazing house for like under two hundred thousand dollars with this gigantic lot, but. I guess there's nothing really there, right? Like, you know, unless you can either work for home or work at the university there or something like that. It's kind of, you know, those towns are dying. Mm-hmm. But if you can get to a small town like that, then it's definitely worth it. But not in the places where everything is juiced right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think the average house price in Toronto now is over a million dollars. It's like pushed up beyond that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um and as far as good boundary rules for living with a roommate who isn't your parents, unless you guys really, really have it together in terms of sharing things and like eating together and stuff, keep your groceries separate Yeah, or have a very clear idea of what is shared and what is not. 
uh, that can because it's it's not necessarily just about that person it's about that person and everyone that person brings into the into the house you know so like their friend comes over they've been drinking a little bit and then it's like oh man can i have some of this uh it, it that's actually yours but you would be okay with him having it but now it's like him and his three friends now it's all you know it, it leads to all kinds of like edge cases where you're not happy with it even if you're okay with like the 90 percent of the time the way that would go so yeah. you just want to have very clear uh, you know just clear boundaries in that sense um you should stay on point with in terms of not, not being late with payments and stuff because then if things become an issue with the other person you have some ground to stand on so you don't want to be getting into an argument about like oh well you were late for this and you know why can't i you know give me a week and you know all that kind of you don't want to get in an argument like that yeah like i said it has to be sort of a business decision yeah because right? um, you're sort of in that in, in that kind of a situation with, with, with them. So keep it professional as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should be aware of each other's schedules. You know, like if you guys do you wake up at the same time for work, uh, what kind of a quiet time, kind of quiet hours sort of a thing do you want to do? Like if one person doesn't care and will just stay up until four in the morning really loud music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The other person has to get up at six. That's not really going to work, you know? So you, you need to kind of settle, settle what the situation was with that and make sure that you respect it. Um, yeah. And and also just like, uh, I would always communicate when you're going to have other people over or anything like that, you know, like even if it's something that you think they would be cool with, like it's always good just to kind of establish a precedent of like, you know, I just, always mention it you know like someone's coming over just say it you know and then they will kind of understand like oh this is the way we want to do this and then they'll probably return the favor so don't don't just stick to the letter of the law but like kind of go beyond that a little bit because it'll buy them it'll buy you some some like good uh goodwill so to speak sure yeah i I used to live in a place with nine people so i kind of have a oh, i lived in a place <laughs> like i know like how this works four guys but we all had our own rooms which was nice like it was like a house it was like a total party house but you know like once we got everything sorted out like the you know the food and and the money about cable and phone and all that kind of crap like because back in the day before everybody had cell phones right so you had to have a house phone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god i'm so old but um, yeah, once you got all that figured out and everybody was on the sort of the same page, we had like a little chart and stuff like that. It went smoothly. The first few months were rough, but after that, it all went smoothly and with good good vibes. Yeah, once it's sort of like established, it's not a problem. It's just that it's when it's really kind of unspoken and not really understood by everybody <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. when it becomes problems because you make you just yeah. make too many assumptions about what the other person is thinking and what their motivations are for doing things and. Yeah, you just want to be clear with everybody. Yeah, the situation I was in was very bizarre. Or it it started out great for the first couple of years, but with when you have that many people living in in the same space, like there's a little bit of turnover, so it's not the same kind of dynamic over you know a long period of time. So you know one person moves out, and then someone else takes their place, and that changes things, and then somebody else changes up, and right. you know it, it's just like a constantly shifting thing and. After a couple of years, it started to get kind of bad. 
uh, we had sort of like a upstairs downstairs situation. The downstairs, I was in the downstairs. It was technically the basement and that was a little bit cheaper. And over time it was really funny how it, it became very, it was almost like this class society of like <laughs> the people that live on underground, the mole people. Yeah. And then like the, the upper class elites that live on the, on the top. You're the lumping down, down, down in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. After a few years, the people living up top were these kind of like wokey woke, like girls, you know, they kind of oh. were like really into that kind of stuff. This was in Seattle, you know, so it's like, that's the thing. And I was living downstairs. There was this other guy who came from Tennessee and he had like, he was, he came from like extreme poverty. Like he used to tell me about like how his bathroom did not have a floor. It was just like mud. It was dirt, you know, it was just completely unfinished. They didn't have water for long periods of time and stuff. It was, it was just like this crazy situation where you had like these wokey woke, like college kid types. And then like, you know, I was sort of in between that and, and the, uh, you know the, the other people that were living downstairs and they eventually started to want to like keep us out of the upper stair uh, of the upstairs area you know they kind of like made up these sort of like passive aggressive sort of rules about like why they wanted that to happen and stuff and so that kind of made me want to like retaliate you know so i started like just blaring space ghost perp whenever they had people over and stuff <laughs> and, uh, yeah it, it was it was not great by the end of it and it, it was really just because one person one one person moved in and kind of like elevated the like antagonistic sort of feeling in the house about like oh well, I, don't, I don't like the way you talk i don't like that you said this and all this kind of stuff and it and people started picking sides and it just became this very strange like microcosm of class warfare yeah too much eh? it's funny um Anyway, let's let's move on here. Uh, this question says, do you guys meditate? I've been managing the pandemic much better since I started doing it. I'm sorry to report, however, that I've been using the Sam Harris meditation app, despite his status as persona non grata uh, at the You Can't Win Clubhouse. Namaste. Yeah, I, I meditated a lot. I learned, sort of taught myself um, uh, just from YouTube videos, um, uh, TM type of things that not paying for it because it's a scam. Like they want to pay, make you pay so much for your words and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I I don't do it as much as I used to. When like I, I had a pretty rough go uh, after my first kid, I wasn't really ready for for life after that. Like sometimes life hits you in the face. But yeah, it, it helped me a mm-hmm. lot, and uh, it's something I should probably get back into. I could really like hold the meditation sort of trance or whatever you call it for a while um but you have to be careful because it does really make you quite inward and can bring out a lot of selfish feelings so that to me is is one warning but the meditation itself is a nice way like as long as you're not so focused on it that you need to say like oh i didn't meditate today i'm you know i'm lashing out or whatever it, it can make you selfish or like not a great partner in a way like i definitely Mm -hmm. found that but there's a good balance in there and it is very important i think but you can do it in a way like if you just can get off of all your devices and just sort of listen to some music or watch something happening outside and sort of just focus on that but yeah it's a it's a powerful tool but use it right Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. It's a satanic practice, and uh, <laughs> it's not something that I participate in. But I guess prayer is is sort of like the same kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like if you're gonna do like you know like how the Catholics say the rosary or whatever, right? You're sort of emptying your mind and just saying those words over and over again. It can yeah give bring you down to that same thing. But the cool thing, like like certain parts of like meditation, of like bringing your breathing into line and sort of visualizing your breathing and stuff like that that to me is pretty cool because we don't breathe well uh, you know we're hunched over our chairs we're you know we're what lounging on a couch or something but just sitting up and breathing well for a couple of minutes it does a lot of good for your body too mm-hmm. yeah okay but don't um, next don't push. pay for the oh, tm stuff like those guys are scammers like the, the crazy scam the mm-hmm. david lynch stuff yeah <laughs> uh all right next question says how can i get more swaggy i think this is up to you dave i'm not able to answer yeah, this question not really a swag person <sighs> i used to be a dq kind of guy like i i Growing up, uh, I was very into like, you know, wearing slacks and stuff like that, not jeans when I would go out and stuff like that. It depends on what swaggy is to you. Like, do you sort of feel like you're, you want to be more dressed up than, than the people you're around or do you want to be like a hype beast? It means different things. Like to me, swaggy isn't being a hype beast, but rather just finding a nice look and committing to it so like instead of wearing jeans and stuff I would just wear pants or, or, or something like that find what you think is swaggy and, and commit to it and then do it for for a while that's about it mm-hmm. but what I've learned from Leo over the years is get clothes that fit oh yeah that's, like the fit is important that's important yeah and then color choice needs to match your like tone you know <laughs> like your like I can of your skin and your hair and stuff. Like dark people like myself, we can wear a little bit brighter colors and stuff. But pale people, you know, keep yeah. it keep it kind of you know more earth tones and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is like the shape of your face for haircuts and things like glasses and stuff like that. That's the important thing. That's all I know. I don't know how to actually apply that, but. Yeah, buy yeah. buy a couple of GQs or I don't know if that's still the the main magazine and find a look you like and you know get into it or or whatever I don't know who's a swaggy guy out there right now like I love Kodak Black but I don't think wearing sniper gang apparel is really that swaggy but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, all right, let's let's just do this next one. It says, "Should I stop eating meat, using cars, doing things that add carbon to the atmosphere? If we're all going to die from climate change, it seems distasteful to keep contributing until that happens, like setting small fires on the Titanic as it begins to sink." No, there's no point, really. What's a like? Like they said, like people not driving and people not flying. Uh, during the pandemic, it was like such a minuscule part of the actual um, carbon output of, of like regular life. Like it was like almost you know non 
non-consequential, like you taking that part of like air tra- yeah. air travel, car travel. You know what? You know what's huge? Like uh, it's part of my industry. Is like buildings. Like buildings take so mm-hmm. much energy to run. Like a giant, like big buildings. Uh, like the, the the energy profile of a skyscraper, and you're living in a skyscraper or or something like that is phenomenal compared to what you think it would be like taking like you know a flight to a flight to cuba or something or wherever you want to go like your your carbon mm-hmm. footprint's relatively small in that or i i know eating meats probably you know like a, a larger carbon footprint like if you really got into it but you know once they get more into like the sustainable things like well well managed grasslands are a great carbon sink as well like the joke is, I always say I'm an eco-fascist, right? <laughs> so one of the things that I, I want to change so much is like, you know, ecology. But when you really look at it, into it, the, the actual person is very low on the chain of things we can do to to, to reduce carbon emissions. It's it's wild, like what the average person contributes to, to carbon emissions compared to like, you know, our militaries or to like, you know, your the Fortune 500 or wherever like that, you know, mm-hmm. all that has to be like just, you know, it has to be a, a somewhat of a fascist leadership that can totally nationalize that and change it and, and change it to some renewable energy of some sort or or just end or just say like oil dependence is done, you know, we got to find something else. Until there's that will and modern leadership, then we're totally screwed. Like nothing you can do as a person is going to slow it down unless you want to like, you know, violently overthrow the, you know, the U S government <laughs> and change, you know, the laws from the inside. But as a person, it's very hard for, for a person to make a dent in the environment. Like people are saying, we'll buy, you know, uh, electric cars, but like car pollution is so small now compared to the pollution that, building new buildings is and and uh you know the energy systems we use to you know run you know various parts of our industry it's it's pretty insane like i i was really shocked that you know that um commercial and residential housing accounts for 30 percent of our carbon in uh, output in in canada Mm -hmm. whereas cars are like 12 percent Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Like the alternatives that you as an individual can go to, they're not really that much better. Like if you stop eating meat, you're yeah. still getting vegetables that have been like shipped from like different continents. Exactly. Right? Unless you like kind of thing doing the hundred mile diet or whatever. Like if you can afford yeah. it, that's awesome. But most people can't. Like you can't afford you know stuff that's locally grown right like it's it's crazy like we've we've made our society uh we live in a society as the joker would say uh, that <laughs> that made, made it so hard for you know us to be healthy and, and to be more harmonious with the environment mm-hmm. yeah you don't really get to set the rules you know what i mean so it kind of it is what it is Uh, All right. Before the George Floyd protests, but already seeing the failure of the Bernie campaign, Big Dave talked about how there was a need for something big in revolts to wake people up a little bit more in advance over the growing alienation of the U.S. 
political uh, situation. Considering all that happened after the spontaneous mass revolts that started in May 2020, what does Big Dave think should happen more to advance the political and class consciousness of the U.S. proletariat and oppressed nations? By the way, did Big Dave have a El Nin pre-1905 moment? Oh, that must be Lenin. Have a Lenin pre-1905 moment back in 2019-2020. No. Okay, so... so yeah, all first, that stuff is totally useless. Like, unless you're willing to take lives and lose your life, like, on a mass scale, then nothing, none of these protests are worth anything. Like, like what would it be able to accomplish? Like, what's, what's his name? Uh, Biden's in power. You know, he's already lied a million times about the checks. We did it, Joe. Yeah. Like, unless, you know, like that joke, like, remember, it's time to start taking lives, that uh, that meme that came out with that guy. Like he was, I don't think I've seen that one. It was like some Facebook post from a killer. Like he was like, time to start taking lives. Like the like the bad, like the bad grammar. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of lives, and then you went out and killed some people. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like you know, we're so I don't know. We got it a bit better up here in Canada, and it's not not even that good. But you know, like at least I. Don't know. I don't know what you can say at least, right? But at least we don't won't uh, go into like you know usury of like you know being forever in debt for university or or healthcare. But things are so grim down there. Nobody seems to be ready to like you know actually. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to get you guys banned or anything, but you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like. like guys are like, I told this story like a bunch of times. But like some guy said that like you know his wife died and then like in birth and then his baby died that was like from that birth and then the hospital sent him like a forty thousand dollar bill and he wrote a, a Twitter thread about it. Right? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe instead of writing a Twitter thread, you should like learn you know, figure out how to make a suicide vest and like blow up like the headquarters <laughs> of that insurance company and, and do something good for a change, right? Like what's Twitter? Thread? You're not the first person to express this sort of opinion on the podcast. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that exact same example. That's why, that's why I came up yeah. with the who cares mentality. Cause anything I do, like I don't like being politically involved as a, at a, at this level, like as a average person, is almost useless. Like, you know, obviously you want to be interested and sort of engaged. Okay, I get that. But, like, me being... Well, debatable, but... Yeah, okay. right? Like, me being, like, a socialist or something or, or whatever, like, unless I want to do something about it, I, it's nothing's going to change. Like, unless I, like, you know, like, want to really get involved in, in being elected to office or, or like I said, like some sort of armor revolt, then okay, okay. But otherwise, I'm just spreading hot air online or I'm spreading hot air to my friends, like getting mad at mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau or, or something like that. Like nothing I say. At the minimum. It, yeah. It's also possible that you are actually supporting these kind of like, I don't know, like these AOC types and yeah, even someone right? like Bernie. You know, I know everyone loves Bernie, but 
all, all that kind of stuff where it's like they feed on you yeah. kind of like doing things that like that energy putting that your energy they, they, they suck your energy off while you could have been improving yourself or you could have been improving your yeah. family's life or something like it's a pyramid scheme it's a, yeah 100% like unless there's I don't know it's all just I don't know what, what did uh, King Solomon say vanity and chasing after the wind <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. right you know like just focus on yourself. Make your life better if you can, because none of these people care. Yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe some people disagree. There are some people who may feel a little bit more optimistic or have a little bit more like skin in the game about this sort of stuff. And I think that those people should not. They should do what they think is right and not feel threatened by other people who like don't see it that way. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. if you're really about it you're going to do it regardless of how many people you hear who think it's kind of not worth it or whatever you know like, like i'm talking talking to donald like going from Gretchen to harper to trudeau how much of your life really changed in the, the average? yeah mm-hmm. like almost nothing from day-to-day stuff right sure yeah so well, yeah. So no, what what can we do? Like, that's that's just that's yeah. like I don't want to be like a nihilist in that way, but you just got to focus on like enjoying your small circle. And like, I love like I have three kids, and I love educating them and letting them understand, like helping them to see the world the right way and making them be good people that will help their neighbors and, and stuff like that and and be you know, kind and stuff like that. That to me is really exciting, but the rest of it is just, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the opposite of nihilism. I don't think it's nihilistic to think that politics are like bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think in fact, you can be extremely nihilistic by focusing so much on politics that you don't care about the rest of your life. You right. Know? Yeah. I, I think, mm-hmm. no, I don't think that's most people, mm-hmm. but there are some people you can go on Twitter every day and mm-hmm. see them. And that's not, that's not good. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's much more important to like focus on things like you're talking about family and just like your like, relationships and your personal development and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a balancing act, I guess. That's way more fulfilling than like seeing like another politician, like break his promise or like, you know, your guy lost, mm-hmm. your guy lost or something, you know, like just, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that kind of stuff is just a like people like talk about doom scrolling or whatever like that. That that's all it leads to. Just just have fun with your circle and try to make your immediate life better around you. Mm-hmm. Right, and some people are in situations where it's like literally life or death for them. Like politics is like a mm-hmm. real thing, you know. Like they have to fight for their lives. You're not going to be able to help them. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's shitty, but it's just like. You can't go stop every crime that happens. You can't go Batman and go fight crime in the city. You know, it's the same thing with politics. You're not really going to be able to do that. Right. Um, The thing for me that really kind of uh, tips me over the edge on this and kind of was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested is let's say that we are able to like build some big mass movement and they have all the right ideas, whatever you think those ideas are. They have all the right ideas about everything. We got everything primed and stuff. I just don't, trust that we would actually have like 
even if that succeeds, we have a, like a revolution that changes the government and it's got, you know, it wants to help people out and like do all this socialist kind of stuff or whatever. I just, I don't know if that's really what would happen, you know, it, even if the movement was built up that way, like, yeah, it, it just doesn't work out perfectly like that. You know, that's just not how things work. Yeah. So you're going to end up with something. Maybe it's different. Maybe you can really shake up the system or whatever, but chances are there's going to be a lot of bad things come out of that as well. And it's not going to just resolve all the problems in your life. You know what I mean? Right. You're still going to have those problems. And now you've committed so much energy into this project of like this political thing and your life is still a mess. And now the, the politics thing happened and it's kind of maybe some things are going OK, but some things aren't really going all right. And then your life still sucks. So I, I don't know. I feel like. You get a lot more bang for your buck working on yourself, right? And that's what like you got. You two guys are both like into like the spiritual side of things, and you know that can give you so much more fulfillment. Like I think that's what some people sort of don't understand about about that. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, have, yeah. I have it in my own way, but you know that gives you more satisfaction day to day than pinning your hopes to some politician or or you know some fandom or, or whatever right like finding that mm-hmm. internal spiritual peace because you know like there's so like every like this world is so out of control and so much out of your hands and out of your um yeah out of your you know control like that you just you know that gives you that sort of that that happiness and feeling of you know contentment whereas you know a totally secular life you know you end up with like that feeling of burnout and upset you know like it's just you know just the discontent you know it's it it's tough it's tough out there yeah i i think it's fine to be engaged in stuff it's just that uh the thing is you have to have a realistic expectation about what you're going to be able to contribute to because yeah uh, especially like if you get into it in your early 20s or something you know uh, it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm going to like help solve all the problems right. or something. You yeah. Know? Just kind of be like, I'm going to be the one that does it all. Mm-hmm. Or and maybe not maybe not explicitly, but like part of you is like, oh, this is so important that I have to really obsess about yeah, like, exactly. doing all the right reading and doing mm-hmm. all the right, going to all the right meetings and all that kind of stuff. And instead, it's like, you know, it's something you can like chip in and help out with here and there, but like, and maybe do more if you find it fun and stuff. But like, yeah, you can't uh, you can't get into like superhero mentality on that kind of stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's let's move on here. Uh, the next one is a very important question. It says, "Do Hindustani Aryans have foreskins?" Uh, I'm not Hindustani. I'm a Punjabi, but yes, I have foreskin. I think most of the subcontinent has their foreskin, except for the Muslim-dominated areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sucks to be them. Um, next question. Hey Don, my two siblings and I have inherited around one hundred fifty thousand uh, from a deceased relative. In addition to property worth one point five to two million, we will probably hang on to the property for the time being, but should be receiving the cash in a few months. I've been researching a lot about the safer long-term style investing. I think I'm going to put most of my money into TFSA and RRSP, invest for long-term returns, and maybe hope to retire around 40 or 50 years old. Do you have any advice in this regard? Any thoughts on the inherent riskiness of even long-term investments, 
If I buy an ETF that contains shares in oil companies and banks, should I as a leftist feel bad about it? I know you and Tom have spoken a bit about day trading and meme stocks, but maybe you want to talk about the safer style of investing in distinction to the riskier stuff. Okay, maybe we'll do this on a different episode, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't read this before I started to read it out loud. The TFSAs uh, are okay. good. Just stick it all into TFSA, not RSPs, and uh, buy stuff that gives you dividends. That seems safe. Talk to somebody. Don't use. Don't do your own thing. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it on another one. But yeah, yeah, and that's not um, financial advice. I've learned that from watching YouTube. You're supposed to say this is not financial advice before you give financial advice. This is this is Big <laughs> yeah. Dave advice, not financial advice. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what is the most bitch-made nationality in India? <laughs> if I can just jump in real quick and say Indian. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Probably the whole Brahmin upper class, like especially now, like. There's, I agree. Like, oh my god, they are just horrible people. Stuff they've been saying about like the farmers and like, because the Dalits have joined the farmers and so like that's made the the you know the Brahmin upper class even like more like agitated. Like, uh, like it's amazing. Like, there's like these sort of frontline like popular Bollywood people that are like you know going into like the full blood and soil type mentality whereas like you know like mm -hmm. like here like that would never fly like if like say like gal gadot went full-on like uh uh palestinians are second-class citizens they deserve to die like obviously she was an idea she probably thinks that but if she said that out loud like she would be so canceled and i doubt she'd ever get a, another movie a big one but like there's like a few like bollywood actresses that are going crazy and but like it's it's crazy because like, like the whole there was like that affirmative action type of thing in India where like you know like they they brought Dalits up and they put them into you know positions of power. But in the past like ten fifteen years, it's all sort of been ruined. Like just the whole new that's like the whole point of new liberalism is put the elites back in charge again, right? So it's been totally like changed and now Brahmins are in like every like major point of power. It's it's sad, and, you know. Gujarati Brahmins, I'll, I'll, I'll call good Jews out, you know, the, the Jews and the, the subcontinent. <laughs> That's what came to mind for me. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> let, let's just say they're on my shit list. Yeah, Gujus, well, let's just say they kind of, they're very similar, like if you're, if you're not really familiar with the whole like Indian demographic kind of <laughs> situation. There's a certain group in the, in the West that rhymes with gujus mm -hmm. in fact you can find that syllable within the word gujarati and they're very similar in the way they behave and dominate certain sectors of the economy <laughs> and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. hey man brother and they deserve yeah. the same kind of you, know, <laughs> you can see the like uh inbox of our host whatever going up and up and up with uh, <laughs> more and more complaints yeah okay this person asked this question about 700 times so they seem to really want me want me to read this i guess uh how do i break free from the ruts i found myself in during quarantine it's been harder to do my work and keep up with my friends and family hmm you just gotta <laughs> ruts i don't know just do something different one day change your change your day make some phone calls in the morning Talk to the people you haven't talked to. 
just set a day aside a week where you do something different and hold yourself to it. Mm-hmm. Usually, you, yeah. if you're in a situation like that, you also have some bad habits. Like for me, I know it, it will often be that I'm like staying up super late for no reason. Mm-hmm. So if I was trying to like break out of that, I think that I would like set myself like a strict bedtime kind of a thing and like, you know, just not allow myself to like stay up for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that means I'm getting up earlier and just that sort of helps things out. You know, if you're, if you're, if your day is shifted a little bit just in terms of the time that you're like awake and what are you doing it during that time? I, I think it just kind of goes hand in hand. Right. Sure. Yeah. Just small changes to where you can kind of thing, at least like uh, you could kind of emphasize one or two things a day you want to do that are different or something. So, yeah. Yeah. Focus on one thing at a time, you know, don't, don't try to just do everything all at once and hope that it works out. Like it's a process. That's all you can do. Um, I read Joe Biden's COVID relief package, and I couldn't help but find this passage. The federal government acknowledges that female illiteracy is a fact of nature, and therefore we will cease all efforts to make women read. How did that get in there? (laughs) I'm not really sure how that got in there, but I love it. That's great. I I love Joe Biden more and more every day. He's the the greatest president we've had since Trump. I guess Tom is an intern for uh, our boy Robin Ed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good to see him commit to that on paper so yeah yeah i wonder if he's uh he's plugged into the you can't win you know the whole universe here with his catholic connections maybe he you know being a radical yeah. leftist he was like oh look at this radical leftist and catholic this is interesting and started listening got some of the ideas percolating around and there we go that's how you make the change that you want to see happen people uh, okay, let's do one more. Let me find a good one here. Uh, all right. This question is for the Big Dave app. When will you f- officially sponsor and open the Underground Railroad to Canadian citizenship for Twitter dads? Follow-up question. What recourse will I have against you when it turns out Canada is boring and my kids won't get oil pipeline jobs? <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'll, I'll, I'll adopt all my um, online uh, children and uh, uh, make a some sort of a home for kids to be able to, uh, you know, or other Twitter dogs to join the compound. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, is that so? Is that a, an official kind of statement? Yeah, that, we'll see. You know? See how it goes. But I, I don't think like oil, oil, um, oil jobs are are. Or, or what we're looking for right now. we gotta, we got to figure something else out. You could open up one of those, like, click farms, you know? Yeah, that, Like that they have cool. in India. Yeah, like start selling uh, Spotify lessons. And an Indian guy running a click farm full of, like, white guys doing it is sort of, like, poetic, you know? Yeah. That would be really cool. <laughs> sure I don't know as long as I get a cut so yeah. uh, alright so this is the last one here it says Agile Tablet said that Big Dave has little dick energy on the no goals pod what does he think about that I get that um, you know me and Agile go way back I think I've 
probably known her forever besides my little sister so she's gonna say hurtful things like that but you know i just keep trucking along i feel like my energy is a bit visible for all people to see uh on my tweets and uh, you can judge from there mm-hmm. all right fair enough cool yeah. well yeah, yeah thanks for coming on dave thanks so much for having me guys um hope everybody was able to be educated and uh, enjoyed this episode and uh Maybe next time I'm on, we'll find something more fascinating to discuss than my advice. I don't know. I, I think I, people I appreciate your wisdom. So <laughs> take that. Good to. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like a second one every week, you can subscribe to our Patreon for five dollars, and you'll get that as well as access to our Discord, where you can chat with us and our lovely community. And uh, if you'd like to send in questions, you can go to the Twitter account for the podcast, which is at you can't with pod and pinned. You will find a tweet there, which links to the curious cat. That's where you can send them in for the anonymous questions. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.